Buckle up, listeners. I love that, Carl. That's really clever. Is that because there was um, a seatbelt sign noise? Yeah. Well, welcome to... Well, that fucked me up. <laughs> <laughs> a podcast with Luke Coulson. And Kyle Wise. And a seatbelt sound. Uh, every week we'll be talking to real guests about their amazing, often traumatic, life-changing experiences and events that have happened to them. Focusing on stories of survival, hope, and overall triumph. Yeah, so really focusing on the good stuff that has come out of some pretty extraordinary things that have happened to people. Yeah. I love that. Me too. Yeah. Uh, we actually have our first sponsor too, which is jolly exciting. And we're now sponsoring... I feel yeah. like now's a great time to use the seatbelt <laughs> sign. And the original Handlebar Jack, which you can find at www.handlebarjack.com. Do you know what that is, Kyle? I don't. Right. So you know when you need to mend your bike, your bicycle, and you turn it upside down because your chain's fallen off, or maybe there you've got a flat tire? Yeah, I was thinking, man, it always messes up with my gears. Yeah, it messes up with your gears. So now there's a little stand, which is perfectly portable and comes in a really nice package. And these two little clips, and they clip onto your handlebars. They're completely universal. And then it turns into a little stand. So when you turn your bike upside down, it literally allows your bike to balance. It's like one of the most cleverest things. And I just want to add that we're not a bicycle podcast. However, we are all about surviving traumatic and life-changing experiences. Have you ever had a flat tire on like a grimy, dusty road? Yeah, it's the worst. The worst. So now our tenuous sponsorship link is complete. If you do go online at www.handlebarjack.com and you type in the code WTFMU, which is actually the acronym for our podcast, which we had to write down because it really confused <laughs> the fuck out of us, <laughs> then some of the proceeds will be going to foodonfoot.org. That's foodonfoot.org. And those guys are helping out the unhoused and the low-income neighbors in your neighborhood. So our friends at Handlebar Jack will actually donate um, some of the proceeds to that amazing organization. So, I mean, it's a win-win, people. Incredible. All right. Um, this is going to be an episode with uh, my dear friend Christopher, and uh, I'm going to let him do most of the talking. But um, speaking of life-changing events, uh, why don't you take it away? <laughs> right on the spot here we go yeah thank you my friend um yeah my name is Christopher and uh you know I really hope that I can say something that would help someone else in their experience um because uh you know life is you know amazing beautiful but also terrifying scary and difficult to navigate and uh, these are some of the lessons that I learned in my experience um, so I remember as a little kid you know feeling so fucking different from the others you know I'd be in kindergarten and I just didn't have a clue how all the other kids connected how they played I felt so different alone and separate I really could have used some fucking socialised cocaine and a bit of vodka, you know, with some orange juice, and all would be fine. Because, you know, in my late years, when I had that, whoa, everything worked. I was off to the races, but uh, no such luck. Um, 
You know, I uh, I grew up in London, uh, although my mother is was from Paris, and my father was a Hungarian refugee, and uh, yeah, I uh, my first real experience with adversity in life or tragedy was at nine years old, when in the middle of the night I heard this commotion. And I ran over to my mother's bedroom. She wasn't there. And I looked out the window and looked down. And there she was on the ground. And she jumped and killed herself. And uh, and I, I had no idea. I couldn't connect the dots. I couldn't rationalise what was going on. There was a nanny and she was screaming and crying. My father wasn't living with us anymore. He was down the street. Uh, living somewhere else, you know. So there was a lot of confusion. I was nine years old. Um, and so you compound that with the feelings that I had, you know, as far back as kindergarten. Um, you know, I, I did find this world a threatening, difficult place. And uh, at no time was there any adult conversation about what had happened, how to get through it, what it meant, where we're going. So, you know, I built a complete distrust uh, of being close to anyone ever again. Um, and, uh, you know, so for me, my solution as I got older was, you know, that there was no God, there was no, like, what we call spiritual life. You know, it was all a fucking lie. And the only things that I really held on to was the power of something darker. There was strength in that what was um, uh, um, witchcraft or druidism or that kind of nature because there was power there. I could see it, I could feel it, you know, and uh, I hadn't quite understood what I've learned so much later in life about the goodness of, of nature and the goodness of you know, trusting in something bigger than yourself, how it liberates you. But in those days, I was in full control and I fell into an addiction that uh, became my second trauma. You know, I fell in love with that cocaine, I should add, when I was in kindergarten. And I went into it deep. I went into it so deep that I did stuff so fucking stupid that an English kid who just moved to England at eight, America at 18, should have no business doing, you know, buying ounces, buying cocaine from Chinese dealer in San, in San Francisco. And, uh, you know, I'm flying back with it. You know, these things were, uh, you know, I set aside all thoughts of myself being um, in trouble or there would be consequences, you know, because uh, I didn't care about myself. I really didn't. I felt such shit about my own experience. Um, so what I can tell you is this, is that when I was 23, I had my third experience with, an, with something that was fucking terrifying, and it was the nature of a spiritual experience where Something entered this room I was in, and I was absolutely dying. 
I was dying of alcoholism. My lungs were collapsing. You know, my uh, alcohol paralysis was taking over my body. I thought someone was in that room and it was trying to kill me. And it had a voice. And this voice kept telling me, you're mine, son. You are mine. Now, you might think I'm crazy, you know, but uh, I don't give a fucking shit. I was petrified. I was 23 years old. I knew about the devil. I knew what it meant to be, you know, a a slave to that nature. And uh, I cried out. You know, I was so desperate. I did cry out to somebody I had no trust in, no faith in, no desire to be uh, 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 saved by, uh, because it, it had done fuck all in my life, you know. I'd been sent to British boarding schools at a very young age, and uh, that alone was a terrifying experience. You know, to be a kid who'd lost his mother, and then a year and a half later you're sent to a fucking boarding school, and I was a French kid in an English school. No, 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 it was, it was brutal. It was a nightmare every day, every night, you know. So, but this situation, you know, where drugs and alcohol had been my friend, had saved me day and night, had given me the ability to forget about me and to completely be, like, uh, owned, you know, by the experience. And, uh, and it stopped working. Something intervened, and that night, I did cry out to a higher power that I did not know and I did not trust and did not have any love for. And, uh, you know, the incredible thing was is that in that moment, that entity, that paralysis was lifted. When I say lifted, it wasn't like, oh, my God, I could walk again, but I could crawl. I could crawl out of that bed. I could crawl out of that room. And, uh, you know, if, if that's not, and a miracle, I don't know what is, because I was set to die in that room. And, uh, you know, what said about was, you know, another great experience in my life is that uh, I uh, had called someone and I said, I'm done, I don't know what to do, can you please help me? And uh, he, he leaned me towards Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, I've been now sober 33 years. And in that time, I have gone through so many sheddings of my own skin, so many layers of things that I would hold on to, to the dying breath, you know, and uh, they don't work anymore, you know. But, you know, this is what I love about working within the structure of this amazing spiritual uh, uh, um, architecture that was created by a couple of drunks. You know, and, uh, you know, it is the greatest spiritual movement I have ever known, ever experienced. And, uh, you know, there is a, a, a methodology for any addiction, any affliction. You know, and the truth of the matter was, you know, yes, I was an alcoholic. Yes, I was a drug addict. But my truth is that I have a disease, which I now call a dis-ease. And it is a mental obsession. I always want something to fix me. I'm always looking to like, um, medicate my pain with pleasure. Wherever I can find pleasure, that's where I seek it. I'm like a rocket. Give it to me. I see a girl. I see a motorbike. 
I see food, I see something on TV. Doesn't matter, I'll use it all just to not feel the moment I'm in. You know, and that's for me what has been the greatest gift is this constant struggle, this friction, you know, and these experiences that I've had that have honed me into the man I am today. You know, and the last real tragedy that occurred has really been the greatest gift of all. And that was you say ten. Yeah. Uh, no, whatever. Ten minutes. Another ten minutes. Whatever okay. you got. This is amazing. So the uh, the last, you know, traumatic experience that I'd like to share with you is, you know, after all these years in sobriety, you know, having had a a career that spanned the entire globe and uh, had lasted for like thirty years, you know, working with some of the most incredible artists and uh, crew members in the film business with incredible memories and, uh, you know, my addiction to motorcycles and riding all over the world wherever I was filming. And, uh, you know, just uh, just the honour of being a part of something, you know, just a worker amongst workers, you know, I will never forget. You know, and that ended on August 5th, 2017 when I was body surfing with a bunch of mates and uh, I actually have no recollection of that date because uh, in that early afternoon I'm told I uh, was picked up by a six foot wave and it slammed me into one foot of water and sand and uh, it pummeled my C5 vertebrae absolutely destroying it and uh, in that moment, I died. Uh, I was unconscious. I died. I drowned. Uh, I was swept out to sea. And, you know, uh, I don't understand how this could be other than I'm really lucky. You know, there were people there that saved my life. I don't want to get into how many, but there were some miracles. Like a doctor on the beach who was right next to the woman who cried out, said, there's a man floating out to sea you know, who saved my life. He brought me back three times. And, uh, you know, and then the subsequent, you know, experience of going through recovery and the people that I met and the support and love that I experienced from hundreds of men and women who are people that I have been so blessed to have touched in my, you know, years living here. Um... You know, and I was sort of intimidated, I was scared, but truth be told, I knew I was going to be all right. There was something in me due to the fact of all the experiences that I had, you know, namely like meditation. I'd been a TM, well, actually not TM, Vedic meditator. I gravitated towards Kundalini, which 100% saved my life. Because if I hadn't had that experience where my mind, body, and soul was in perfect alignment, you know, I'm an English biker, what the fuck is that all about? <laughs> but I did it because it worked. You know what? I had a mind, I have a mind still that won't stop thinking, that won't stop racing, you know, and I have to look down at my feet, even though they don't work, and I have to say, I'm right here right now. You know, all these thoughts, all these ideas, 
don't play out, you know, let them go, you know. And so with these, with these armaments, I've been able to navigate this experience and very, very difficult ones, scary moments, you know, surgeries and abuse from caregivers, you know. It was, it was the whole gamut and the most loving caregivers any man could get, you know. But what for me has been the greatest experience is talking to others, to be able to share my experience, strength and hope and let people know that the only thing they have to fear is fear itself. And if we can understand there is actually nothing to fear, that we can actually put our head down and like we're driving on the white lines over a bridge, you know, and we're like terrified of heights or falling into the water and we're going over that bridge and all we've got to say to ourselves is, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. I'm taken care of. And you know what? You do that enough times, you work through those issues, I swear to you, you can conquer anything. You know, I don't need to go to these self-care courses and spend thousands of dollars making some fucker extraordinarily rich so he can fly in on his private jet. You know, this is for fun and for free. And if I can do anything to help another human being understand that uh, we, we, can, we can excel regardless of our condition, you know, and I'm really happy to be able to share this with you, you know, and let you know that life is good. You know, I'm getting back to my photography. My film career is over, but people are buying my work, and that's an amazing blessing, you know. And I have friends in my life that... Uh, you know, they're incredible. You know, they, they show me such love and grace, you know, and I get to do the same for them. So thank you for letting me chat with you, Luke. It's an honour. Thank you, Christopher. Well, that's amazing. I've got goosebumps. And um, I like that you touched on the whole build-up and the whole of your life, you know, and didn't just make it about, you know, the, the accident that you had, because you're right, it, that doesn't need to be the pinnacle and the turning point for you, because... You know, there's all this stuff along the way that happens and that we go through, you know. And you, I would say that you and the closeness we've got to each other, the fact that we're neighbours and I knew you before the accident and after the accident, obviously we've become very close because of my parameters and coming over and hanging out and helping. I mean, the amount you have helped me through some of my worst and most challenging years, even, I mean, after your accident, you know, in your bed, those moments I spent with you have been literally life-changing for me you know and i just think that your message because I'm, i want to ask a relatively personal question i don't have a ton of questions but i do have this like the experience you went through with your with your mother and um then you know the addiction and everything and then the accident were there moments and you kind of touched on it but were there moments where you were like i'm what you know what the what the fuck is what have i done to deserve this like how do you get away from feeling that way? Because I know people that will complain about getting a parking ticket, <laughs> you know? Like, what have I done to deserve this? You know, how, how have you managed to do that? Have you managed to lift yourself out of all of that adversity? I mean, I think you just said it's, it's, it's perspective and it's surrounding yourself with the right people, right? It is perspective. You know, it's an understanding that I learned many, many years ago 
Actually, as a result of my profession being a first AD, it's not a spiritual thing, but it really has become one, you know, is that uh, whatever happens, we've got to ask ourselves, what do we do next? Mm. You know, am I going to sit and cry milk, you know, that we blew the shot, that someone forgot the continuity, got it completely wrong? You know, do I ridicule them or do we go, you know what? got to go back there, let's do it again, mm. or we can do it tomorrow, you know, and treat it with equity. So I can treat myself the same way, you know. And luckily the spirituality that I've been able to create, you know, in my life is really something that uh, is truly special to me because it's not a deity, you know, but he, is no, he has got a name. His name's Gus, <laughs> great universal spirit. <laughs> and Gus is like me, he's an English biker, you know, and he just says it as it is, you know, but it's a voice inside of me that constantly just lets me know. And it may be my inner child, mm. you know, that's gone through all these things. Yeah. You know, it's a whole confluence of experiences, but I can never be a victim to what's happened. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, it's incredibly inspiring because I see you, you know, um, a lot and in in your chair and when we you know with the getting you know you need you need help to get in and out of bed and to be fed and all of those things right but i see you with a that there's a there never seems to be an attitude of defeat it's i almost see some freedom in you like almost more so than than before sometimes that there's just this is what what is there to fight against? This is me, right, it's and it's extraordinarily inspiring because I would be one to just dwell on the tiniest things and feel sorry for myself, but I don't do that anymore. Well, not as much as I used to, right. anyway. You know, right? Thank you. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's something that comes especially with time, but acceptance is an unbelievable tool. Yeah, you know, and letting go. And it's just like, you know, I I have my moments. You know, yeah. I want to clobber these guys, <laughs> you know, but I just keep it to myself and I try to be as kind, you know, as I can. Yeah. Um, uh, well, thank you. I mean, thank you. And this has just been perfect. And I think we'll wrap it up. Um, and I really, really appreciate you contributing to, to this. And I think everything that you said, the message is just wonderful. And, and you've helped me immensely. And uh, I thank you. Thank you, Luke. I love you, mate. Love you too, brother. Nice.